Welcome, crazy hooligans, to Cinema Spill, where I, your host, Humphrey Burns, will dive you into the world of movies, and we will explore different aspects of them and why and how they've impacted our society at large, along with rankings, reviews, and ratings, while having some fun. Full disclaimer, though, I do not claim credit for these shared facts as my own. The rankings, reviews, and ratings shared on this podcast are my own opinion. Hope you guys enjoy. Hello, folks. Welcome to a bonus episode of Simmerspill. I'm your host, Tim Burns. In this episode, if you notice by the title, be doing, I will do, be giving my personal ranking of the Bats of Future trilogy. For future reference, this is the max, uh, the minimum requirement for a ranking episode. So if there's only two movies in a series, I will only, I, I won't do it. Just only three or more. So this is the minimum number of movies that will be happening when it comes to ranking episodes. So just for fair re- future reference, because you know, four Indiana Jones movies so far, and five Jurassic World, World Park um, movies. Until um, for now, anyways, only three bats futures, but I'm still gonna do a ranking episode for them. So, um, when we got that out of the way, um, as I said before, these movies are great. I really enjoy these movies, um, for various different reasons. Um, part of this is the A's are awesome, man. The A's are awesome, and it's just crazy to think that. The, the time span between the first and the third movie is five years. So it's just like it's uh, it's not necessarily considered a eighties movie, but it's still early enough that you know it's the beginning of the nineties, and so it's not that um not far off from being an eighties movie. But you know what? You can always have that debate as well. I mean, there's always that debate of like if Alien. Uh, the first Alien movie is considered an 80s movie, even though it was released in 1979. I remember one time I actually sent out a poll on Instagram once, not on um, Cinema Spell, but my personal Instagram. And I was like, just curious, um, is there anyone who thinks that um, would any Alien still be considered an 80s movie, even though it was released in 1979? And like, it was pretty much evenly split. Anyway, um, but these movies, the Bath of Future movies, um, it's, I enjoy them for the sake that they're, it's so original, the very idea of it is so original, um, especially for the time, because no one has thought of a time machine DeLorean, <laughs> you know, or, you know, the idea that, like, someone trying to find a way to get back into back to the present and, like, the suspense it gives, um, so these movies are really good in that regard, um, so, you know, it's what is. Um, oh, and just so you know, just for another future reference, um, I forgot to mention, as I said, you know, the requirement has to be three or more. Um, but also, um, if there's multiple versions of the same movie, like if there's, um, you know, there could be sequels, but then also remakes of a movie, I'll also include those in a ranking episode. So, sorry, that was just a tangent. I needed to get it out there. But, um, 
Um, where was I going with this? Anyway, um, with these movies being so iconic in the 80s and 90s, oh, that's where I thought of it. I was thinking of, like, remakes from 80s movies to present movies. Anyway, um, it's, you know, I could never imagine them remaking these movies at all. There's no way. There's no way you could remake these movies, especially parts of, like, with Michael J. Fox being the lead of these movies, I can't imagine anyone else being Marty McFly. He's become some iconic figure when it comes to pop culture like that. And, like, you know, his very outfit alone, you know, from the Nikes to the messy hair, you know, the multi-layers, which I still don't understand why, but that's the way it is. But, um, it's... You know, it's so iconic. And then, like, you can't... And then Christopher Lloyd, you know, he's been in other projects, but, like, you can't see Christopher Lloyd without saying, oh, he's Doc Brown from Back to the Future. So it's just amazing how um, a trilogy like this could, you know, be so iconic and so memorable. And, like, anyone who's seen the logo alone knows what that is and so and I know I'm making blanketed blanketed statements like that but as I said this podcast is my opinion (laughs) you know this is just my opinion um but it's what is um so I really enjoy these movies especially recently re-watching all of them I end up watching all three of them in a week (laughs) it was like you know I usually watch a movie once a week and then do the episode wait a week you know watch a movie prep it record wait a week for the next one that kind of thing but you know especially with this quarantine crap going on um of course I don't know what's gonna happen later when this episode's released you know but right now when I'm recording this episode Quarantine's still in effect, and it's just like I have more time on my hands than I could possibly deal with, but whatever. Um, anyway, I was just able to watch all three and do the episodes for them so soon and so quickly. It was really cool to just, you know, watch them so closely together, and so you can get like you can really follow the continuity of each movie and like how close they are to each movie, uh, close they are to each other. So, anyway, um, forget this, like, um, to. To actually get the meat of this movie, not movie, but this episode, um, we'll start with the rankings. Um, so number three on my list is gonna have to be, if you hadn't noticed by the context of my episodes, part two is my is the lowest on the list. Now, when I say lowest on the list, I don't say I hate it. I don't hate any of these movies. Um, maybe you'll see them. Well, you'll see in so weeks when you do when I do ranking episodes for um, Men in Black, but we'll get there. Um, but with part two, um, it's not like how when I rank the Jurassic Park movies where you know it's the lowest on the list because it's not original. You know, like I put um, Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom on the bottom of the list. Oh. It was actually Jurassic World 3. Anyway, Jurassic Park 3. But, you know, I put Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom 
and fourth place. Um, you know, because who wants to watch a remake of a sequel? <laughs> or, you know, a recreation of a sequel. Um, but anyway, in this case, um, it's not like that in the Back to the Future. Um, it's not like that at all. In this case, um, it's very dark. It's a very dark film. Not necessarily because it, a lot of it takes place at night. But it's just the idea of it is so just wrong. And just despite the fact that you see a lot of the good good behind Biff and like who he really is and what makes him him. But like how sinister he is, the idea that he was able to go, wanting to go back in time so he can give himself a fortune. But in turn, disrupted the future uh, or present of everyone around him. Is no regard for anyone else around it, so it's just really sad that way. Um, and like you know, it's a very dark film in that you know how gloomy and just find out just dark the alternative 1985 is. It's just wrong, you know. Um, but you know, it's just sometimes you get forget the um, social unrest sometimes. Um, events going on and everything so it's you know to see that in a movie like that is it's almost disconcerting it's not nearly as funny as the um the original or the third or part three but um it's just you know the, of course there's that funny sequence where he ends up like talking to himself when he his other self is in the car with Lorraine and little moments like that, but like also the tension is so rank. It's almost not net. It's almost not necessary. <laughs> it's just too much, you know. And find all these different ways to get the almanac to destroy it, and then to have it end the way it ends, where Doc gets blown into the past in nineteen in eighteen eighty five. It's very. It's just ugh. Like. It's supposed to be a light-hearted movie, and sure, it tries to do that. But with the alternative from 1985, the circumstances of the end of the end in 1955, it's just eh. I'm sorry, but if you, I'm sorry if you like this one more than I put it, but it's the way it is. Um, but you know, whatever. <laughs> um, so number two on the list um, has got to be part three. Um, for the sake that, you know, it's not nearly as dark as, um, the original, uh, and the second one, but, um, it's, it's kind of fun to see, you know, time travelers in the Wild West, and, you know, I've always, I've always loved the culture, and the, um, I can't think of the word, uh, construct, I guess, of the West and like how society works, worked back then. And, you know, it's just like the layback, I don't care, thick accents, you know, saloons and cowboy hats and guns and all that stuff. Really cool. I, I really enjoy that kind of stuff. And especially when I was in Houston. Um, of course, you know, that's, the, that's East Texas, but whatever still get that some of that um and like the subtle jokes of like you know when 
Seamus comes home with dinner and there's bullets in the food still. Um, how dirty the water is. It's just little jokes like that. It's really fun. Um, and then the idea that, like, you know, they did romance and that they're able to continue a resemblance of romance in this one. Um, there's not a whole lot of that in the second one, as I said. Um, and it's also kind of fun how they are to keep the continuity of the original movies. Even though there are some plot holes throughout the trilogy. But um, it's still fun that how they were able to wrap it up. Although they leave it in suspense of the idea of a part four, which never happened. With a flying, tra- time-traveling train. Which is ridiculous, but whatever. Um, and like... The costume. Can I just take a moment and just say the costumes for part three are so good. <laughs> like, I when you see um, Marty come out um, for the standoff with Buford, I almost wanted that outfit. Like, that's awesome. Like the poncho and everything. I was like, dude. And the, notice in that episode when I didn't have the audio for that clip uh, in that episode. Like, that scene just... I don't know, but that outfit's really cool. And it really cements... And... And one of the things that's kind of cool is, like, this... How, like, you know, you have the outsider. And because of a certain event or something... He moves up in the social construct of it. It makes you feel good, you know? It's like, go Marty, you know? He's from the future, but he's, you know better respected than before when he was like laughed at at the bar um speaking of the people who laughed at the bar um i don't know their names but those people who are at the bar um around that table are actually um actors from the classic westerns um in that scene so fun fact there but you know it's just it's kind of fun how they did that. Um, and they were able to bring that forth. And also, I did mention this in my last episode, but it's really fun how um, when Marty goes to the past to pick up um, old Doc, one of the things he says before he takes off to start the machine is Hayo Silver, in reference to Lone Ranger, a Western TV show and movie where the where Lone Ranger's horse is named Silver, and he says, Hiyo Silver away. So it's really cool how the little homage to that. It's kind of cool. Um, and it's also kind of fun is, I don't remember what movie it is, but in part two, part to that one real quick, um, where where Marty Jr. gets almost gets hit by a car. He says, I'm walking here. Hey, I'm walking here. I don't remember what movie it is, but... Oh man, some of you who knows know what that is. Like, oh yeah, that's in there. So it's like it's kind of cool how they are. They the, not only keep the continuity of the, the trilogy itself, but also make fun of other movies and stuff, and make spinoff of other movies. I'm glad they didn't do a here's Johnny bit, but whatever. Um, I mean, it's just kind of cool to have the little moments like that in the movies. Um, and that's why. Part 3 is in my number 2 spot. And if it wasn't already obvious, the original is the best. Like, come on, man. Like, the original is the best one. <laughs> um, and as I said, the originality of it is really cool. Um, the music's phenomenal. 
and it's iconic um and like the very idea of it is so fun um there's a lot of good humor there's a lot of suspense probably properly introduced humor in it as well and um you know you get to see a little bit of a little more of like the stereotypical 80s living of life specifically the idea of you know it was already released in 1985 it's really cool to have that little like time capsule of the 80s and this is what the 80s was like you know um and as i said um the goonies and back to future movies are movies i grew up as a kid I don't know if you say kid. I was in grade school, so you could say I was a kid. Um, and sort of my fondness for 80s culture and movies, and um, even though there's some people who are like, oh, the 80s sucked, and blah, blah, blah. Do you know, like, most iconic movies and music, and you know, of course the clothing was a little far-fetched, but it's still a... A much better time than now, I mean, in a way, because it's a lot simpler time, um, and like, punctuality was a lot better then, um, and so it's just, I don't well around, it's just a really fun movie, um, and also it's a lot more family friendly, like, well, of course, all of them are family friendly, but it seems like the original is a lot more for family, a focus to the family dynamic um and so the idea that like you know at the time how uh like my like my dad he he graduated from high school in 1985 and so it's kind of fun about that um although he did graduate the year like the class before marty would have because um it's um october 26th 1985 when they go back and everything. But, um, you know, like, my my dad would have graduated before that, so Marty would be graduating class of 86, but whatever. Um, and it's just, I don't know, it's just, it's fun. Um, and as I said, the originality, the casting is amazing. I have to say, just overall, just the casting in general for the entire series is really fun. Um, tie-in for it all, and um, and who can I, who can say no to Spielberg, Kennedy, and um, Marshall? Like they they saw this movie, and it was just a movie that everyone can enjoy. I and you know it has different elements of genres that you know you wouldn't expect to be an all-in-one movie. You know you've got your humor, you've got your drama, you've got your um, um, romance, you've got your typical action flick. Um, of course, you know, the action element of it isn't that that explicit, but the idea of, you know, the... Um, it's still, I, I'd call it an action film, regardless that the action element isn't as, you know, big as, like, you know, like Terminator or something like that at the time, but it's still enjoyable. It's a really well-rounded movie. Um, it's got sci-fi elements, and I think part of another thing is it has a lot of callbacks to classic '80s culture. So 
kids from all people from all ages can relate to it. So that's why um, Back to the Future from 1985 is the top of my list. Um, so thank you again for listening. Um, let me know if you have any comments, concerns, gripes, jokes, you know, just you know where to go. Um, and until next time, um, keep in mind that we are coming into the end of season um, season two. You know, I haven't really been explicit about it, but um, I've been keeping an eye on this where um, where now we're actually in with this with this podcast. We're in the the end of season two, so starting next week, you know, we spread spreading out seasons. I don't care. Um, starting next week with Men in Black, we're being in season three of Simmonsville. So look forward to that. Um, that next week. So until next time, see you at the movies.